Welcome to the Socialites podcast with Kate Vandervoort, where I interview changemakers, innovators and community managers on how they grow and activate their communities online. Brought to you by Social Mediology. Welcome to episode 60 of the Social Lights podcast. I am here with Lou Duggan, who is the founder of Cake to the Rescue, an award-winning DIY cake kit company, which has helped more than 40,000 Australian families pour their love into a homemade cake. With a background in engineering and design, Lou has spent the last 10 years building Cake to the Rescue into a thriving e-commerce business with more than 250 cake kits designs, you don't want to say that too many times, but (laughs) loyal online audience of 60,000 plus cake fans. As a talented creative entrepreneur, Lou is a big believer in the power of vulnerability in business and loves empowering other women to ditch perfectionism and embrace entrepreneurship. Originally from Scotland, Lou is mum to three gorgeous teenage girls and lives on the Gold Coast with her hubby Craig. She confesses an addiction to human connection, homewares, and her cabbie George, who I'm so <laughs> sure we just saw jump up on the couch behind you. So welcome, Lou. It's so wonderful to have you here today. Oh, thank you for having me, sweetheart. I can't wait to chat with you. So tell me, Lou, what is it that lights you up and gets you out of bed in the morning? I just love being an entrepreneur. I love having my own business. I'm um, I'm a bit of a left right brain kind of a girl and I would just get really bored really easily and um, having my own business just allows me to just be whoever I want to be whenever I want to be it. Someone once said to me a long time ago, I think her name was Assisi and she said the best thing about um, being an entrepreneur is that you can get up in the morning and decide which stop you want to get off on the bus. And I'd spent a lot of years chasing that bus. And to know that I could be the driver of the bus, and then if I felt creative, I could jump up and be creative for the day. If I feel like being a bit of a kick-ass businesswoman, I can use my brain. If I have nothing to give, I can just go in the warehouse and just move stuff. And so um, I think it's that beautiful thing of just being able to be who I want to be and just connect with my community go in there chat see how everyone's going on and just feel yeah just feel complete most days it's a it's a bit of a joy I have to say oh I love that um, so tell us a bit about your journey into launching Cake to the Rescue how did that I, I feel a personal story coming on because cake, <laughs> know, for some of us mums are big pain points yes, for sure. coming up in a couple of weeks so I'll be taking notes um, but tell us how how you've ended up on the bus that you're on <laughs> yeah it was I mean it's like I said it's been 10 years so I started off um, doing geology and engineering and then I had two children and retrained as an interior designer and then when my third child went to school I was just really bored really lost kind of felt like I wasn't a fantastic full-time mother I, I didn't feel completed by motherhood I probably felt a lot of shame around not feeling completely by motherhood if I'm honest and entrepreneurs will resonate with that because I think how many of us become entrepreneurs (laughs) for sure my mother-in-law would always say to me sweetheart you just need to surrender to it and when the kids leave school you'll be able to get yourself a nice little job as a secretary somewhere and everything will be fine (laughs) (laughs) 
you really didn't get me at all. And um, and so yeah, the basically it was really that someone else came to me, someone I was um, friends with at school, and she was a marketing person, and she came to me and said, "I'm really bored. I want to do something." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm really bored too." And we we kind of sat down and worked out what what we could possibly do. And I was um, Martha Stewart at school you know I was that mother everyone doesn't like I was that mother that's like oh my god she's done it all homemade again oh my gosh she's painted herself green oh my gosh there's a hundred people at this party oh my gosh she made handmade money for every child oh my gosh I was just I was so desperately bored um by motherhood but also terrified of screwing it up that I just felt like if I morphed into Martha Stewart somehow I would be somehow good enough as a mother and so um, I think we realized that the real gift I could give to people was if I could somehow show up at their house and every house for parties and we started for this concept called party in a box Kate it was party to the rescue which is still the parent company and um, and then my business partner went off to the UK saw this bakery with a little DIY cake kit idea in it and said oh that's kind of cool we could do that as well and we run a prototype to a lot of drunk friends at a party <laughs> and they really thought that the party box was fine whatever but they loved the cake and no matter how much champagne we applied into them they could still make the cakes look really good and they're like this is genius and so we decided to launch cake to the rescue and do the party business later but the cake to the rescue went off and and that's it we've been doing it we've been doing it ever since um and i was the creative and kind of the dog work and then she uh, the other lady was the marketing lady and um, so we kind of started off on a journey together with no clue. And then about three years in, we had a big fallout and it all got a bit messy. And I've been doing it myself now for seven years. So, yeah, so it was it really rescued me, I would say, is that I always that, that's really what I say to people. I, I was there to rescue other people, but it rescued me from from going bananas, which is what I was doing after eight years of parenting. I, I wasn't great at it. So, yeah, <laughs> I resonate with so much of what you've said there, although my outlet has not been <laughs> to hand make everything at home. I'm much better at online shopping. <laughs> I, I remember a very a dear friend of mine, Kat Matson, who um, is well known in the digital space here in Brisbane. She once said to me, be the mother that other mothers find it easy to follow in the footsteps of. <laughs> I was not that mother. No, I was I was that one that made you feel bad about yourself. Oh my gosh. It's so funny to think on it now, but yes, I definitely was. Well, that's clearly been the strength behind your business. So absolutely. 100 percent So tell us a little bit about what community means in your business. Yeah. So Kate to the Rescue is only community it's like it's it's the essence of everything that we are and everything that we do it wasn't always that way um I I because I wasn't the face of the marketing I guess and because I was the creative um those two things didn't link together you know it was more of a marketing connection than a product-based connection or something like that and um and my community now gosh like to teary levels 
my community now. Um, the the community of Kate to the Rescue is something something that has given me a purpose in life, um, something that validates me on a daily basis, something that reminds me that I have a place to stand in the world. And, and as a result of that, I'm so ridiculously passionate about my community that I've I've become, a, I'm, it's like a mentoring, it's like a free mentoring service with Kate or something like that. It's, um, so when we, when we were three years into Kate to the Rescue, it was growing, it was fine, and it was growing to a level, but it wasn't exploding considering how hard we were working and and it was getting we we changed our price point and we had this big following on Facebook then Facebook suddenly decided not to show itself to anybody anymore and it was actually my digital marketing guy said you should start a Facebook group and literally it was as casual as that I had no idea that I was about to change my entire life my the way I felt about my business, what my business actually meant to me, what my business has become. And when we started that Facebook group, I realized that every other mother in the world is as terrified as I am of screwing up. And they're all petrified. And they're, the reason they don't want to make a homemade cake is because they don't want to stuff it up. And they don't want to look silly in front of their friends. And they don't want to let their child down. And they feel a necessity to be perfect because Instagram is phenomenally perfect and there's all these beautiful mums and all this beautiful stuff that's, you know, all sponsored. And, and there's a perception of this life. And I realized that they were absolutely terrified. And so I, it came really quick to realize that, one, for the success of Cape to the Rescue, but secondly as a mother who's never felt good enough, I was suddenly handed this opportunity to make everyone else around me feel better about themselves. And it was like, it was like in, hmm, I don't want to get teary about it. In teaching them to love themselves, I had no choice but to love myself too. And and so they saved me and I saved them. And together we've created, <laughs> it's a bit like the mafia in there. That's the only thing I would say. <laughs> it's like if someone comes in and tries to mess with anybody, oh my God, watch, watch your step. It has created this community of women and men, but mostly women who defend other women. Um, I, I always say that, as much as we, we're all in this journey right now where we're trying to put a voice to women against, maybe against misogyny, I often think that women are often the worst, the worst people for criticizing other women. It's like our fear of who we are in ourselves. We feel a necessity that if we put someone else down, then we feel better about ourselves or if it justifies who we are. And so social media has become a little bit of a passive aggressive place to put other women down in, in order to make yourself feel better. And I just wasn't having it on my watch. And, and so Kate to the Rescue has become known as the kindest place 
on Facebook and and we're very I am a, I, I always say you know that I don't know if you've read Glennon Doyle's Unch- Untamed yes, but I am I am a cheater when it comes to protecting my tribe and the people within the tribe have become the same and um yeah community is it's where it's where cake to the rescue starts and finishes um and everything in between is just cake so that that that's what it really is that is it's just such a beautiful description of the impact that community can have when you actually move the product or the business aside yeah. and connect with people about what's truly meaningful to them and For i sure. think you know, we're finding more and more in businesses wanting to start communities that people are just desperate for more meaning and purpose. And it sounds like although people might come because they think they're making a cake, that what they get is a whole buffet of, you know, support. I think what they get is a safe space. Mm. They get a safe space in which to dare to be themselves, in which to show up and only have to be exactly who they are. And then they're brave enough to make the cake. And then they feel amazing about the cake. And then all of a sudden they realize that it doesn't have to be perfect, that it's actually irrelevant what the cake looks like. It's just about the love you poured into it and that a child needs love and time and everything. And that's all a child sees. And and that freedom passes on into the rest of their life because once they realize that children only want love and time, they lose all the fear of all the other parts of what their life looks like. So it has a this carry-on effect into everything else they do in their life. And, and when they come into the community, they might not bake a cake for six months, but it reminds them every day because they sit within that space of people who only raise each other up. And um, yeah, it's a, huh, it's a pretty special thing. It's pretty special. I would never, ever join a Facebook group called Cake to the Rescue. <laughs> Because of my own baggage around Facebook cakes, around birthday cakes, um, you know, I'm the one that definitely goes out and finds one to buy. I have to say you have inspired me and I am going to to go check out your 250 uh, signs and find something that works for me. But just the way that you've described that community, it it makes me want to be a part of it. It's a, you know, it's a. It's a beautiful thing. So the yeah. community is when, when when people come into the group. One of the first things I say is uh, it's a big long, a big long speech that maybe we'll talk about later when it, when you think about how to ensure behaviour in your community. Um, but um, one of the parts of it says um, enjoy getting comfy and looking around. And I think that comfort and that safe space is a really is a really good way to be with it. I think that that's really really important. That they um, that you can feel safe with that. So I think that um, you can't arrive at a space and immediately feel like everything's okay. But if you wander through the timeline of Kate to the Rescue, it'll happen pretty quick. You know, it's pretty cool. And so for a lot of businesses, um, it tends to happen one of two ways. Either one, they say, okay, we need a community and they then build that from scratch and design it and work on how to embed that into their business processes. And that takes a lot longer and, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes is successful and sometimes isn't, depends how quickly the business is willing to get themselves out of the middle of that conversation. Um, and then you've got the accidental communities that, as you say, you know, you've suddenly shifted from social media marketing to actually yeah. having a thriving 
community. So when you think about that journey from when you stopped just looking at social media as a marketing channel and it became mm-hmm. community, what were some of the um, the steps, I guess, that you might have gone through or the things that sure. you needed to implement to ensure that the culture of that community was aligned with you and your values, but yeah, also yeah. the values of those those in the community. So we were what three, four years into the business when we started. So we did already have customers. We did already have people who really believed in us. We had our super fans, people who who already knew who I was or what I was, um, and 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 that was reflected through our normal social media. You know, not just kind of within the community, being vulnerable within your standard community and coming on lives in your normal Facebook page and those kind of things allows people to resonate with you up front because of course unfortunately there is the the logistic realities of having a Facebook group and whether people will show you them or show you what you know whether Facebook's going to show it to anyone and if you don't get that interaction and you don't get that momentum then your group can fall flat. And lots of people will say, I have only 30 members. I don't know how to get any more and I just can't move it. So I wouldn't say that start, unless you are, unless you have something very significant to offer people, which is free at the start. And I don't mean a giveaway. I mean, a significant amount of information that you're happy to pass off on a day-to-day basis um, to engage community then I wouldn't start something until you had enough people to engage in it would be the first thing I would honestly say. I I wouldn't put the horse before the cart unless you are really going to work your butt off um, at doing that. Unless, Unless it's inconsequential to you whether sales come along with it, whatever, if, if you're genuinely creating community. In saying that, I've also seen people create a community not tell people that their intention is for it then to be a sales channel and then people get very annoyed very annoyed because they feel they've been duped they clarity feel that this is critical here yeah. clarity absolutely you know ours is a kate to the rescue support group support for kate kit bacon and so i've seen people create like a mother's group and then all of a sudden start selling everything from their website it should have been that websites group that happened to offer value, which made people be happy to be in the group and receive sales pitches. It's a mistake to put one in front of the other. People do not like to feel like you've manhandled them or you've duped them or anything like that. So transparency of the purpose of your group is everything at the start. If, if you lose the trust of your community, you're pretty much... Hard to get it back, really, really hard to get it back. What we did when we first started was I invited our top 100 customers by an individual email, handwritten by me, inviting them to join, to be a founding member of our new community that I knew that they knew enough about our product to provide advice because Kate to the Rescue Community Group, they all provide advice. And I'm asleep when they're doing it sometimes and they're all chatting to each other. I can wake up in the morning and somebody's breastfeeding, giving advice to someone who's having a 2 a.m. cake disaster while someone else is feeding and someone else is, and, and I can miss that while I'm asleep. And so by making sure I placed people into the group at the start, 
who were great advocates, who had lots of experience in what we did. It created some little experts in the group by, by default. It meant that people who loved our product, I had a, I had like a, a cheer a cheer club before I started. Um, so that was a really smart way to start it. Um, and when after you that, asked them, did you offer them anything or was it just no, for our loyal fans and we really... I offered them... I offered them an email directly from me gushing because I really loved them. They knew how much it meant to me that they supported it and they were honored to be asked in that sense. If you, I don't want to say frame it because it takes out the genuine nature of, you know, it's not just a marketing. I genuinely love those people and they are, they are the people who were the fundamental of why my business was what it was. But but yes, no, I, I, I don't think you necessarily need to buy buy their support. If they're genuine supporters, they come. They yeah. come without having to get something free to come. Um, and perhaps the free gift just makes everyone come. I'm not sure, you know. Um, but we were very slow with our growth at the start. I didn't encourage, I didn't open the doors whole hog like we do now. I wanted to make sure that we built um, a, a culture that we a culture that I could monitor, that we could get strong within it, that I knew I even wanted to do it, that I knew that I liked it enough to commit the time to the community, that I could find out the bits that can go right and wrong before you open it up. You, you need to really know what you want your community to be, because what you perceive you want your community to, do, to be, what it becomes and, and the opportunities you discover change. And, and you have to be fluid with it. So before you just like let the entire world in, you gotta be, you gotta, you gotta give yourself time to walk before you run, I would say. I mean, at the moment, Facebook is encouraging everyone into groups. And so it's a really good opportunity to grow your group, but, but, but be present really seriously if that's, if, if that's your chance. Um, in terms of the culture itself, um, it's funny when I talk about this on podcasts because I'm aware that my customers may listen to the to the podcast. Um, this is how we we answer every week. Um, you know how there's a little thing on the side where it can say, um, "Welcome you, anyone who's joined this week." You press the button, it tags everyone. You can put in a post. So mine says, "Hello, hello, welcome to the kindest group on Facebook. We are so excited to have you." It's full of beautiful, kind people raising each other up, throwing perfection out of the window and pouring their love into a homemade cake. Get comfy, have a look around. We're so glad to have you. And they just, they're so over the moon to have such a beautiful message. But what they don't realize is it's a fairly, um, <laughs> it's a fairly passive aggressive way of saying, don't come in here and be mean. Don't come in here. <laughs> you think you're going to come in here and be horrible to people. So part of it is like, it's okay. You're safe. Come on in. We're all kind. We're all imperfect. You don't have to come in and hide and wait to decide if there's crazy people in here. This is a safe space. So you immediately feel relaxed and safe. You immediately have a tone, but you also have a just a small threat, which is, don't be mean. This is not a place for mean. And I actually attach it to a video that I once did, which was my zero, zero chances policy in the group. 
um, that I kind of did when I was chatting on one day. And I said, if I have to be, if I even have to tell you once to behave, anyone who needs to be told to behave already doesn't belong. And so that video sits underneath it. And some people watch it and some people don't. And it's only, that's only part of it. But it just means that everyone knows how it is. There's no message. And all the people who are in the group see it back up there every week. And so there's this constant rebranding and reconfirmation of our brand. And uh, so, yeah, it's, and what I it's love a good about, way to do it. What I love about that is that along with clarity of purpose, knowing who your community is not for is just mm -hmm. as important as knowing who it is for, who it is for. So it sounds like your onboarding and welcoming process does a really mm. great job of filtering that out. 100%. But you do have to change it. Yeah, was it always that easy? I mean, most groups go through a bit of a storming phase somewhere along the line. I have to say, in all the mother's groups that I've either been admin of or involved mm -hmm. in, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's very, very difficult because there are so many different, I guess, value sets and approaches to parenting. And mm -hmm. how do you... So, yes, I guess it's a twofold question. One is, did you go through some storming phases? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and what was it that helped you to move past those? Nothing crazy. Um, nothing. I think there are about 12 people banned from our page in, in what, seven years. Um, it's a different thing. I choose not to discuss certain subjects. So this is not a group. This is not a forum for women to discuss parenting. This is a forum for women to discuss making one of our DIY cases, period. It's not a forum for anything else. And therefore, the tone is only in my responses to their cakes, if you see what I mean. So they're constantly watching my comment responses to how I handle people in their cakes, whether it's a complaint, whether it's a, a person saying my cakes, oh, my cake's so bad, I'm so embarrassed, but my child loved it. And the entire community just, it's like they gaslight it with just like, you're wonderful, you're amazing. I just watched the entire community go bananas. But they've sat and watched me. I, I respond to every single cake that's put up there and they watch how I respond, the tone with which I respond and the tone that I use for everything sets the thing in. Because I'm in everything, they're not really... And if someone asks a question and someone gives them a, a quick, an answer that feels a little bit, I don't know, are you stupid kind of tone, I'm very, I'm, I'm there in the next comment going, oh, da, 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 da. and I'm so nice that the person above would feel like they just feel a bit bad. And they're not being rude. It's just their tone's not kind of on it. And so there's a lot of that. Um, but I also have a zero tolerance policy and I remind people of it. I don't have any rules for the group, um, which is interesting. Um, but I, I, I screen people as they come in. But um, it's probably more if someone complains about something. So if someone, say, posts, I don't know, win 200 pairs of Ray-Ban sunglasses or whatever those weird posts are, they're just banned immediately. I don't even contact them or ask them to take it down. I just remove them. And everyone knows that. And it's almost, when I say it's like the mafia, it's like no one would dare. It's like, it's, like, it's a bit like that, which is a bit of a worry. But um, 
but no, I, I haven't. The only things that have really happened for me is because I'm in there a lot, people see it as a direct link to me. And so the problem I have with that is that they'll not make their questions about cake. So I'm probably more protecting the integrity of what the group is for and having to constantly re-educate people on that. So, for example, I did a post just three or four days ago because for a week I'd had people with, I think I've got the wrong cake and putting up a picture and their order number. Now, another lady saying, did you get my order yesterday? And, and I'm thinking it's not a it's, you know, because when everybody follows the group and has the group set to get notifications for all posts, they all become the customer service of Cake to the Rescue. And so I had to go into the group and say, hey, guys, now that we're a lot bigger, there's these are the two ways that, you know, the different ways you might need to communicate with us. And this is how you would do it. If you want to talk about customer service, we don't want everyone in the group having to see every customer service. So therefore, these ones are for email, PM or mobile. The Facebook group is perfect for showing your kits, asking a problem with your icing, talking for some advice on how to store your cake and showing off your kits and just constantly reinforcing that. Other thing is people coming into the group and suddenly posting their three tiered masterpieces because they shouldn't be in the group. They're actually either touting businesses or just they think it's a cake group <laughs> showing off. And it's also not a group for making your own cakes. It's a group for our cake kits. So I have to find extremely polite ways of somehow saying, don't come posting your own cakes in here. These are full of people who do not need you to make one. It's not a place for your own cakes. It, and two, I don't know how to make a chocolate ganache. So please don't ask me. I'm an engineer. I just know how to make the cake kits. <laughs> and so um, setting those kind of boundaries a lot and, and in the way that you answer it, I'll answer the question and say, for future, probably a great group for this kind of a question might be cake mums or, you know, um, Woolies cake hats or, or something like that. So the tone is always really upbeat and friendly, but the messaging is always then kind of thingy. So I guess in short, my answer would be I set the tone. The tone is very clear. And then I set boundaries whenever they they need to be there. And everyone knows if anyone steps out of line, they're gone. Like we had someone be mean to someone. Somebody immediately PMs me and says someone's being mean to someone and they're gone. It's not even a discussion. So people feel safe because they they watch. People watch how you respond. They watch how they see something come up and they go, ooh, 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 and I can tell they're all waiting, rubbing their hands. You post all the popcorn memes. Yeah, 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 <laughs> right? And I'm just waiting. And so then I'm taking like half an hour to decide how I'm going to handle it. And then I handle it with grace and, and kill people with kindness. And then everyone's like, okay, here we go again. And so it starts. So, yeah. Killing and people with kindness. Yeah, I love that. I love that. We need more of that on social media. <laughs> um, so in that evolution as your group has grown, um, did you find that you used to have to be much more proactive with content and now you can be more responsive or are you still sharing? Have you got a regular content strategy? No, because they're just putting up cake all day, every day. You know, now you know, people are either asking questions or putting up cake. All the videos in there are catalogued. There's like a 
uh, an admin thing at the top where you can go and see every uh, catalog of every video that's in there and click on it and find a link to it. So they do create most of the content themselves. Most of my content then becomes beautiful things for me in terms of um, two types of content or three types of content really. One will be here are all our new designs or this is what's coming or literally straight marketing. Um, and marketing with excitement of, oh my gosh, I'm making this today. Here are the sketches of what I'm making. I'm going to try and make it like this. Oh, this one didn't work out. Look what this silly thing looks like. I'm making this. Do you think this color or this color? You know, I'm, I'm thinking of doing aprons this year. Do you guys care or are you done with aprons? And then I pull it and they all respond. So phenomenal for getting feedback and advice. Phenomenal because they actually not only does it help me, but everyone feels that they've been included in the decision. So from their perspective, I'm being inclusive. From my perspective, I'm getting answers that I don't know the questions to. So it's such a win-win scenario. Um, I do lots of live cooking in there and all those kind of things. We're doing cupcakes for kids this year. So I'm, back, I'm actually now on cupcake classes for children in the group and that kind of thing. So I am in there doing live demos. If I'm making a new design, I'll generally show them a section of that design and how to make it while we're doing it so that when it's released, they can always go back to that. So it's more, I will do it, but I might, I might be on, I'll be answering questions every day, but I might only create content once a week, once a fortnight, or you might get a run of me for two weeks and then nothing for a couple of weeks, but I'm always in there telling you cake's fabulous. And um, the so that's kind of the two parts of it that work well. The only other thing I do do is um, <laughs> so I'm 46, but I had my children from 24, and so I've become I'm like the mother figure, and I've tried to be the big sister, like I <laughs> or just the I want to be the peer, but it's become aware to me that I'm I seem to be a lot older than everyone else now. <laughs> I'm going to join your group and I'll be right there with you. And they say things to me like, oh, you're such a mother figure. I'm like, oh, wow, Is mother figure. Are you sure I'm not a friend? I'm really a mother figure. And so things like um, when my daughter turned 18 or when when we did promotions or, or I'll give advice on how I parent three teenage daughters or, or what I wish I knew when I was their age. So I do give a lot of pet talking. I, I give a lot of talking about imperfection. I give a lot of talking about vulnerability, but I give a lot of talking about parenting, not missing out. Don't forget, you know, how time, fast time travels, things I found worked when I was parenting my kids and so and um, my marriage or so there are on there. If you search up, there's quite a lot of mushy type content but that's not planned that is just I woke up one morning on the morning of my daughter's graduation I found myself in floods of tears in the lounge so I turned on Facebook and that's not for everyone I mean I'm a very open human being but I feel safe within the community and they get a lot out of it because when you're at that first stage of parenting um, it's very hard to it's very hard to see the wood for the trees. You know, you're in the trenches of life and you're really not sure. And perhaps your marriage is feeling pretty rocky and all those things that's coming in. And for me to come in and talk, I've been married 24 years this year and to go in and, and admit all the times I thought my marriage might fail or those kind of things. So content now has become education and mentorship. Um, and it's beautiful for me because when you've been doing a business for 10 years and when you 
I finally reached the the point in my business where I am really proud financially of where it's at. And sometimes what happens when that happens is you actually get bored. It's like um, I'm a bit of a person that when I've solved the puzzle, I, I am looking for a new puzzle. And it, it's a bit of a, a bad trait that I have. But what I've found is that now that I everything about me and Kate to the rescue now is about the the well-being of my community and and showing them showing them all the things I wish someone had told me um, when I had young children and so it's given me a new lease on what Kate to the rescue means to me um, the the sales are wonderful and and it allows me the luxury of being able to kind of take on this mentorship role but it, it grows Kate to the rescue, it grows the brand, but it, it gives me a new purpose. And, um, and it, it reminds me how far I've come. So it, it's, uh, yeah, content has become much more sophisticated. I don't know what you call it sophisticated, but less, it's just, it's just really good content now. Content that is free and, and more, and well, something maybe you don't expect with Kate. <laughs> One of the beauties, I think, of what a community like that can do is that when you are authentic, it gives other people permission to do the same. And so you clearly you clearly do that. I do have a question bouncing around in my head, though, around succession planning, because it does sound very <laughs> much like your group. Um, you know, you hold the tone and you hold the culture, which is probably the strength, the greatest strength that your group has. Uh, have you thought about what happens moving forward and what if you're yeah. not able to play such an active role and how you might engage others in yes. that? Process? Yeah, I have. So basically I've always said that um, the group and customer service will be the very last thing that I ever surrender um, at Kate to the Rescue, that I'd sooner have anyone doing anything else but that part of it, be, mostly because I love it and secondly because it is the tone of the whole of the whole company. Um, because I had such a horrific um, business breakup, like court, like really bad, and I was left feeling um, completely inadequate and lost and terrified. Um, it took me a long time to trust a single human being to to come back into that space of my life. I really allowed that person to take every shred of my self-esteem with them. And, um, and so when COVID hit and the business really grew, it kind of forced my hand to take on another human. Um, and, and so COVID was a, a blessing for me in that sense. I'm, I don't know whether I would have been brave um, if COVID hadn't forced my hand. I may have hid within the fear of possibility for a lot, lot longer. Um, now that I've had Crystal for, for so long, and we actually are now about to take on someone else. I'm about to I'm about to um, open the doors to um, offer a new position at Cake to the Rescue after Christmas. There's still that level of fear associated with all of that. Um, and 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 so for me, for someone to take over the Cake to the Rescue community, I would not be surprised if it wasn't a member of our community. I wouldn't be surprised. If I didn't, there isn't someone in our community who knows our community and loves our community that wouldn't kill to do my job. Mm. And I think that is the most likely scenario for it, that, that 
someone in that community has the capacity to do it. But the community does, yes, I am the face of the community, but the community does live, live, live out my brand by itself when I'm asleep. I, I, like I said, I, I sat and watched Lady the other day and she's like, oh, it's my first cake. It's not really perfect. I've really struggled with it. My son really loved it, but I just wish it was better. And I don't say a word. I just sit there and watch that community rally behind that woman. I watch them. They are Kate to the rescue now. And sure, I'm the face of it. For sure, I am. But they, the brand and what it stands for and the love could be policed by someone else too. Um, I'll be honest with you. I'm, it's going to take a long time for me to let go of it. It gives me tenfold what it gives them. And and yes, I want to maybe walk away from the warehouse and walk away from basic social media and the kind of tick, what I call tick box social media and all that kind of stuff. But I think I'll be Baker Girl Lou for a long, long time. I've just created my personal brand. I intend to... I tend to be Baker Girl in the biggest version she can possibly be for an awful long time. I've spent 10 years fighting to make it a viable business. My intention is not to go anywhere now that it sits, sits at the pinnacle of what it is. My intention now is to, to take that message to a whole new level. So, um, yeah. I can hear yes. a movie title in there. Baker Girl Lou. <laughs> Maybe a cooking show. Maybe that would be <laughs> What I love so much about what you've just said, I talk about community first all the time. And in 12 years of doing what I do, I don't think I've ever heard that in more, it's not very articulate, I, you epitomise community first. <laughs> Because as you say, they are the community and they are the business that is that is Kate to the rescue. It's amazing. They are. So, Lou, if you were giving, um, I've got questions about, you know, strategies and return on investment and all of those things, but I sure. think it's really obvious in terms of the return on investment to your business is yeah. that people want to show up in your community and so they stay customers and they obviously must refer other people to your community Mm. Well. I tell you something that would shock people um, from a from a straight marketing perspective. Um, obviously, I have a big email list, and I do because it's all very well to say our community is everything. But if Facebook shuts down my page tomorrow, what do I, what do I have? Facebook went down this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. What do I have? And so, um, as people come into the group, we collect their email, and I do that by offering them a free gift. So I say. Um, Welcome to community. I um, love to give you a free gift with your next cake kit. If you'd like to receive one, please drop your email in here. And then they go immediately into an email sequence. And that email sequence tells them why the group is amazing and why the group, and why they should be in the group. Um, they have this saying, um, basically, which is that, is it 12 touch points, nine touch points that you need in order to convert someone? Uh, three years into Kate's Rescue, when I split up, we're like, what are we going to do? And my husband and I were like, oh, we're going to spend $5,000 on getting KidSpot and Babyology to write an article on us. And they both did one. And that was it. Nothing happened. And nothing happened because unless you can afford to do it nine times and have people see you nine times, 
you don't build that trust like um, um, review, all those kind of things. I've forgotten other words, but you know what I mean. You don't build that that um, with those big things. And what happens is when someone comes into the Facebook group and you scroll down the timeline, you get nine touch points in about 90 seconds. Mm. So what you first of all might see is you might see my hello, hello, welcome. We're this lovely people. If you buy something from us, we're not going to disappear off the face of the earth. This is a real company. I am a real human and we are a safe place to buy something from. And if you have a problem, you have a place to come to get your money back or do whatever you need to do to trust an e-commerce business. And secondly, then they'll see someone with a problem and they'll see what happened when the person had a problem. Then they'll see someone struggling and they'll watch them recover. And then they'll see someone's beautiful cake and they'll think, wow, they do look like the picture. And then they'll see someone's cake with crumbs in it. And they'll be like, oh, it is okay to not be perfect. Oh, and these people are really nice to people. And you so quickly break down every single barrier that stops someone buying from you. You 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 don't have to spend $150 on order number one in order to secure the next 10 orders. It's actually free. It's completely free. My marketing budget is so small because my Facebook group is my entire marketing budget. I guess you could say my marketing investment is my time in the Facebook group and that community. And so what happens is, is um, Denise Duffield Thomas always says, um, all roads lead to money, money, master money bootcamp. She always says, oh, good. I can tell you all roads lead to the Facebook group on Cape to the Rescue. If you come to the website and you sign up for the free gift, the first email you will receive will tell you to join the Facebook group. If you order a cake, the first email will tell you to join the group. As you order a cake and complete it, a big banner comes up inviting you to join the Facebook group. When you go to the Facebook page, we don't have a, you're only allowed one button. We don't have a shop button. We actually have a Facebook group button because if they go to the shop, they're still shit scared about buying a cake. If they go to the Facebook group, they feel great. And then they'll buy a cake. It just might take a day longer. So all roads lead to the Facebook group. And it is the most genius marketing funnel ever. And that's it. And so um, I'm really, I'm sorry, I have no idea how to turn the ding off between my phone and my computer. And so I can tell you as a marketing strategy, it's, it's everything. It, it does all those things an e-commerce business needs to convert a sale and um, yeah. And, and your community don't think that that's what you're doing. And, they, and maybe they don't care because what they're getting is something so much more valuable and therefore they're happy to buy from you. Doing. Yeah, you're not using the community no. in a way that is disingenuous at all. You clearly no. put in more than, you know, more than most for sure. space. Yeah. But yes, definitely for me, the most smart, quickest converter of sales you could ever hope for if you do it right. Mm. Yeah. Lou, we could talk for hours. <laughs> we could, and I'm a bit of a talker. <laughs> um, so tell me, as we're wrapping up, um, I've got two questions. So if you were giving advice to a small business or a company or um, anyone that's wanting to start a customer community, what would you say to them in, in that initial stages of getting started? Number one, what is it you actually stand for? 
What is it that you want to hang your hat on? What are you willing to talk about a lot forever? What are you willing to talk about on repeat? What are you passionate about? And what will make your heart sing that makes you want to show up and continue to press that message on in the community? Because you're going to be doing it for a long time. Hmm. Um, and two, be fearless in what you believe and be fearless in your policing of what you believe. But be very careful about the tone with which you are fearless. Um, so fearless with incredible political prowess. Um, um, but be, you must be who you say you are. If your brand voice is not you, it can't be you that does it. So if you're quite a grumpy people person in general, but you're selling sunshine, you may want someone sunny to be the face of your social media. I'm a hyper vulnerable, very open person who's desperate for other people's approval, who wants to be liked. And therefore I am my entire brand. And so when I show up, you get brand. I don't even have to try. I don't have to pretend to be someone I'm not. It's who I am. So whatever your brand is, don't be the face of your brand if you are not what your brand represents. And that's not meant to criticize the person who is a person who's not generally jolly, who wants a jolly brand. Or maybe you're, you're, you're a person who's got lots of fun jokes, but you're trying to sell something serious. You might want to choose someone else. So make sure that the the face of your brand is your brand and maybe ask yourself why your brand isn't more like yourself and what might be the pitfalls of your brand actually being who you are what makes you make your brand not who you are and can your brand be who you are even though that might not be the typical thing for your brand for for that type of product because that might be your point of difference it's a lot easier to show up as yourself than pretend to be something you're not every single day for the rest of your life. I was going to say what I really heard in what you were saying too is that community is probably not the best place to go and discover what that is because the community could be quite unforgiving in that process. So actually work on that prior to Mm. launching a community and and maybe even if communities are not going so well for a business, that's a really great place to start is to look at where the mismatch might be between the brand voice and the person that's showing up in that community. And you do have to be the face of it. You know, I know a lot of people are very difficult being the face of it. Um, So if you're not prepared to be the face of it, find someone who is. Mm. Mm. People want human connection. They don't want a whole lot of chat that feels like it could have been copied and pasted from somewhere else. They actually want to see you. They marketing agency. They want to see you. Yeah. 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 And it sounds like, you know, there's, there are a lot of spaces where women can go to help get that confidence in stepping out from behind the facade or the shadow or the, but it sounds like your group is one of those places too, as a byproduct of (laughs) cake. It is. is. (laughs) And so Lou, lastly, as we're wrapping up, apart from your own community, which you clearly love hanging out in, which Mm -hmm. is wonderful. What other, you know, where is your other favourite place to hang out? Do you have a favourite community and and what do you love about it? 
So I spend most of my time podcast on listening to podcasts is, is really where I love. I'm obsessed with Glennon Doyle's podcast at the moment with her and Abby Wambach. It challenges my my headspace to the ninth degree. I have three teenage daughters and they are so much more savvy on where life's at now. And 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 I'm learning a lot from that. And and the way they talk about gender, sexuality, um, just just ways to discuss modern life. I'm learning a lot from that. And it's because my children make me want to learn more about that. And then that reflects into my own community. So I love going to people who challenge. I think I think I bring a lot to my community, but even I need to be challenged. We're, we're about to remove gender from our website. And it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't spent time in that community getting educated with it. In terms of online communities, um, I'm actually part of the, I'm only part of one, one community. <gasps> I am part of loads, but I'm not really. I'm just signed up to them. But I am part of the Digital Master Chefs. It's Kate Toon's yep. group. You know who Kate Toon is? She's yep. an SEO lady. So she is an SEO lady, but she's kind of branching into being a, a mar, uh, like a just a big small business community. Her community is really cool because a lot of small business communities are full of newbies, super fresh newbies, or people who are just there selling to newbies. And she has a group of people who are probably where I'm at, or maybe like three or four years in and up. And everyone is very vulnerable in that group too. Um, it's a group where everyone is very, Kate's, Kate's super vulnerable and very open and very, very willing to talk about all of her stuff. So I feel really safe in there. I love that we all go live in there and chat. And um, it's unusual to have a business community where people are vulnerable and also hyper-intelligent. Um, hyper-intelligence often comes with arrogance. And, you know, the super vulnerable people are often right at the start. So she has a group of smart people who are willing to be vulnerable. And there's something very powerful about that. So, yeah, that that's a very cool group um, that I've, it's probably the only group I actually give any time to. Everything else for me is podcasts. I'm obsessed with Mel Robbins. I'm obsessed with um, Brooke Castillo. I'm, I literally only listen to Abby and Glennon at the moment. They're just like the bee's knees. And because I'm getting old, I just started listening to, what's they called? Don't Give a 50. Don't Give a 50, which is all about 50-year-old women just, just trying to get through the fact that I'm probably perimenopausing and all the rest of it. But yes. <laughs> Vulnerable people, I guess. There you go. I, I follow crazy numbers of vulnerable people. Um, that's that's how I spend my time. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, Lou, for being here with me today and being so open in sharing your community journey. It's um I'm I am literally going to press stop on record and go and join your group. As I said, I have an eight-year-old birthday coming up. And you have inspired me to not buy from the cheesecake shop this year <laughs> um, and I can see that it might actually be a really nice thing to do with my daughter so that she yeah we do that together and she'll love For that sure. being a she's a little mini me and perfection is something that I can already see coming out in Ooh, her yeah. young and you know, I'm really determined to provide um, an environment for her to grow up in where that's not yeah passed down from me. <laughs> And also owning it. It's also okay. So when I'm doing the cup class with the kids, I'll be like, now, if you're like me, 
and you need it to be super straight and super perfect, you can do this to get it like that. But it's also perfect just like this. So I think even owning, you can own your perfect. You don't have to hide your perfection. You can discuss that you are feeling like you're a perfectionist, but this is what I'm trying to do about it. You know what I mean? Because sometimes if you try to push them away from the feeling, then it makes them feel like the feeling's a bad feeling. And I think what's really good is, is teaching them to be able to make fun of, of our of our flaw or our little imperfections or our differences. And there's so much more power that comes from acknowledging it and joking about the good and bad bits of it, you know? And um, I think that's the beauty of cake and, and, and that's a, a really nice way to think about it. We've created a game where I've made all these little photo cards that's kind of a change state game. So she will pull a card out and come and say, Mummy, I feel like you're beating yourself up at the moment. She'll give me a card. And we put on some music and dance crazy or we, you know, blow so good. Bounce around the house. So we have a change state uh, game that we're, we're playing a lot at the moment, which she loves. And it, it definitely awesome. brings us closer together. <laughs> so good. I give her full permission to call me on my stuff on a regular basis. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lusa. How do people find you? Where would you like them to connect with you? So if you want to connect with the community, um, which probably is the best part of me, um, then you go to Facebook and just search Kate to the Rescue Support. Um, I think you can search Kate to the Rescue and then the support group button's there, but you can also search for support. If you want to follow me, um, we have this whole thing. So it's like Lou Duggan, a.k.a. Baker Girl Lou. So you can search for Baker Girl Lou, but you want the Lou Duggan Baker Girl Lou. Um, and that's if you kind of want to to be in with, to, to spend time with me more, me being me, kind of a backdrop into me and my business, my thoughts on life, my what I'm doing next and how I am and, and my journey of business and parenting, then you can follow me directly. That'd be cute. Um, but yes, for the group, the Facebook group is is where it all happens. Thank you so much, Lou. It's been great talking with you today. Pleasure. I've loved it. Thank you for joining us on the Social Lights podcast produced by Social Mediology. You can connect with us on Facebook at Social Lights Podcast and you can find today's show notes and more episodes at socialmediology.com.au forward slash social lights. Please subscribe in your favourite podcast platform to receive future episodes and share with your tribe to inspire others to action.